this is going to be my first one that I'm editing and it's going to be fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Nothing is on. Uh, the F1 was cancelled. Um, we got super excited for Imola in our last uh, episode. Within 24 hours, it was cancelled. <laughs> I had to edit out a lot of talk about how excited we were for Imola yeah. because it was no longer relevant. Completely irrelevant. <laughs> um, but it's awful what's going on there. It's hideous. We've had flooding near here a couple of years ago. Yes. And it was fucking mental. It was. And... It was scary as yeah, well. But I think it was only like 18 houses were destroyed. Whereas this is like mental. But it is very sad for them all. I hope everyone is staying as safe as possible. Yeah. And and good on everyone that's helping yeah, as well. And doing what they can. It's lovely to see like Yuki stay in and help him. Yeah. And and just anyone, anyone though. Anyone that's you know. doing the bit. It's fantastic. People are wonderful. And all the drivers have obviously been trying to raise a bit of money to help towards it. I know we're probably not going to get... An Imola Grand Prix this year, which is really sad because it brings so much money to, to, the, to yeah. the town. But we'll be there next year. Hopefully we'll be back. Unless there's something in the summer break. But because so much has happened in Imola. Yeah. We've still looked into past events that have happened at Imola. Imola is very fun. I love Imola. Um, and it has a massive history. It does. I don't even know how long the break was between when we went back to Imola. I know we went back in like 2006. It. Yeah. Between 81 and 2006. 81? But I thought... Well, yeah. That there was crashes there in... Okay, no. Incorrect. Okay. They stopped in 2006. 81 until 2006. Ah, They okay. stopped in 2006 and came back... Post-COVID? During COVID? I can't remember. 2020? 2020. 20... I might have 2021? 2020. Okay. Um. So what did happen at Imola? I mean, for people that maybe don't know a bit about some of Imola's history. So, to start with, in case you don't know, Imola is in Italy. Imola is in Italy. Did you not know that? I did. Oh. <laughs> okay. Imola is in Italy. But there's there's two Italy races. There are. There so were three. It's just worth differentiating. Yeah. Uh, Imola is in Italy. It's the Grand Prix closest to Ferrari. Uh, and um, also AlphaTauri. Monza is closer to AlphaTauri, isn't it? I thought AlphaTauri. This was AlphaTauri's home race as well. Is this the one that Gasly won? No, I'm sure that was Monza, which Gasly. was their home race. Oh, I think maybe not. I don't know. I might have made that up. It was my memories of Imola. Well, not that it's my memories of Imola, but. Imola was the track where, okay, in 1994, a very good year. Um, I don't know. I think 1995 was better. Um, that was the weekend where two drivers lost their lives and one had a very severe crash. Um, the reason that Imola is so important and well known in history is because of some incredibly tragic deaths that have occurred. Yeah. Uh, the track has changed a lot since those deaths and it was because of those deaths 
the Tamborello corner used to be one uh, high, kind of high speed, long, really high speed corner. Yeah, left hand corner, and that got changed to a chicane, um, which is the chicane we see now, because of multiple deaths or multiple deaths on the same weekend at yeah. that corner, and so... also some pretty intense other crashes that occurred. So uh, Rubens Barrichello had his massive accident at Imola uh, on the same weekend as Roland Ratzenberger and Etten Senna both had their crash. Um, Obviously, we've got people that worship Senna on on the grid now. We go to like the Brazilian Grand Prix, and you've got that beautiful, massive mural on the on the side of the. Uh... <laughs> Life's hard, man. You were on a roll. It was a really good roll. It got interrupted, and now it's gone. Imola, uh, Bottas. <laughs> Why are you looking at Bottas? Why not? Yes, it was. Imola is where Bottas and Russell crashed. Yes, I know. That was great. That was really interesting. That is the day that I decided I fucking hated george russell yeah two years in of my adoration of russell i had a hoodie you did you still have the hoodie i still have the hoodie i'm gonna change it to a bottas hoodie though i'm gonna embroider it with bottas things um (laughs) by the patches yeah i'll be fine um that was also where uh hamilton and Uh, verstappen had a massive accident yeah because it was the race that Max was on. Of course, it was top of Hamilton. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Such a dirty boy. Um. So lots of things do happen there. It's it's a it's a course where lots of stuff happens. It's a great track. I'm really sad it's not happening this year. It's going to be a great race. It's also obviously really sad. Imola is generally quite a sad race in terms of the build up and all of the history and all of that. It's now been cancelled because of a hideous thing that's happened in Imola, which is also obviously incredibly tragic. Um, And it's also this week the four-year anniversary of when Nicky Lauda passed away. Um, I don't know how much you know about Nicky Lauda. Um, I know kind of uh, bits and bobs, obviously, because his name is important. Yeah, Yeah. people know about him. Um, Obviously, he's well-known because he was an incredible racer and driver. I'm not taking that way, but he's also very well known for his um, kind of infamous crash, uh, which left him with crazy scarring, incredible burn scars yeah. over most of his body. And also the fact that he was back in the car so ridiculously soon. Six weeks after the accident. Exactly. Like getting his lungs vacuumed. The Rush film is very, 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 very good. I don't know if you've seen it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Jim Clark is played, but his name isn't Jim Clark, is it? James Hunt. <laughs> Why do I call him Jim Clark every time? James Hunt is played by Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. And oh my dear Lord. Yeah. It's a great film. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously the scary crash. Um, however, he's the only driver in history to have McLaren and Ferrari World Championships. How cool. Amazing. Three-time world champion. Yeah. The year of his massive crash. He missed two races and lost out on the championship by a point. That is crazy. Isn't it? Um, he's also had, obviously, massive careers, uh, impacts on people's careers. Bottas, Hamilton, 
you know, everybody through the years that's gone through Mercedes and the like. Yeah. George said that I think it was in Formula 3, he was looking down off the podium and saw Toto and Nicky looking up at him and was like, oh my God. And that was part of the reason he managed to get onto the Mercedes Academy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it Mercedes Academy? I don't know if that's what Managed it's to be part of the Mercedes team anyway. Yeah. Um, I also, in the last week, have listened to Gunther's book. Oh, yeah. And Gunther Steiner was in Rally. Mm-hmm. Massive name in Rally. And then contacted a friend who gave word to Nikki. Nikki said, Gunther on the phone. We're going to go for dinner. And then a week later, they went for dinner. Um, and then just brought Gunther in to F1. And that's how Gunther's in F1. Like, his impact is all over the grid. It's oh, yeah. mad. Um, obviously, the James Hunt rivalry is pretty mental. Um, and yeah, he passed away four years ago from, I think, lung cancer. Oh, kidney problems. Oh, my goodness. Wow. He was having dialysis. Oh, yeah. An incredibly influential person. He had experienced a period of ill health exacerbated by his lung injuries. Yes. In 1976 accident. There you go. Four years. Thanks, Nikki. But what an incredible life and career. And as a super smooth transition, uh, Nikki Lauder is also a person who has won Monaco. Monaco is our next Grand Prix. Hopefully, hopefully, Monaco, we'll go ahead. How's the weather looking? Because when I last looked, it wasn't looking great. Do you know what they need to do? Um, they need to just come to Cornwall for... Oh, it's been stunning. It's been a beautiful it's weather been here. It's frigging mental hot, though. Um, we could set up a little circuit somewhere. Oh, easy. And there's so many places. There is. Loads of places. We've got like go kart tracks, I'm sure. <laughs> We've got airfields. True. Oh, that'd be great fun. We've got like loads of old airfields. Yeah, at the minute it's thunderstorms. Perfect. Thunder and lightning. Okay. But thunder and lightning doesn't mean floods. Uh yeah, quite. It's got three raindrops. Oh, but thunder and lightning. I'm thunder and lightning. Thunder and lightning. No, okay. I was thinking like I was thinking thunder and lightning wouldn't be so bad, but maybe thunder and lightning would be bad. It'd be quite bad. There's a lot of metal going on. Yeah, maybe that's not going to... Can we just... A lot of people could packed into quite a small space. Yeah, Monaco is fairly yeah, compact. Mm. Um, also, Senna still holds the record for the most... Also, Senna still holds the record for the most race wins at Monaco. Does he? So another little tie in there. Look at me go. Well, we very impressive. It's true. I am very impressive. I know lots of people love Monaco. But it's fucking awful. It's not my favourite. It's so boring. Qualifying at Monaco Qualifying. is so good. I'm very excited for Saturday. Which Qualifying has also got thunder and lightning and raindrops. and Qualifying is almost... I almost wish they'd do... More quality. <laughs> so... Dex had an idea yeah that his suggestion for Monaco Mm. because Monaco is his favourite track Mm. is that in the race they do qualifying Mm -hmm. on the Saturday Mm. and then the race is I can't remember 
point, no, they do qualifying on Saturday and then they do like a qualifying again where you basically like lose after so many minutes, Mm. you lose whoever is at the bottom. So if you happen to pit at the wrong time or you go off track or whatever and you end up at the back, Mm. it could be someone like Carlos Sainz locks up on a corner, ends up five cars behind. Oops. Oops, you're out. That'd be cool. Because it's totally different. Like, it's not... a Because whoever's in first, it always just tends to win. So let's just change it up. So There was a... I don't know if that would change it up massively, but it would just be a bit more like if you mess up well Ferrari would have been fucked wouldn't they like if you mess up your pit stop was that last year don't know when was it wet at Monaco last year didn't you it was the Ferrari strategy that was at quali Ferrari strategy was mental yeah but like they did a they did a they double stacked a pit stop completely unnecessarily and called Leclerc in when they didn't need to call Leclerc in it was, uh, yeah, no, that was definitely Monaco last year. Because mm. um, Leclerc's yet to win. He's had two poles, but yet to win at Monaco, I yeah. believe. Um, in his home race. In his home GP. But it's the home GP of loads of the drivers because they all have houses there. Yes, but it's his... Actual home GP. His actual, like, his. that's where he was born and raised. Like, yeah. a lot of them live there now, but, like, so, like, Max's home is... Austria. Uh, the, the, Austria? No. no. Um, the Netherlands. Zanvoort. Yes. That was hard work. That was. Um, yeah. And, and also Austria for the constructors. Yes. And also Monaco, because that's where he lives. And this is what they did with... I and also a little was. bit of um, Belgium, because... Oh, it's that seems geom- geographically closer than... The Netherlands won, or something. I can't remember, but the stupid ways that these things happen. Um, I think it was Esteban Ocon. In terms of like location geographically, his home GP is Silverstone. <laughs> is <it>? Yeah, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, yeah, and um, then you've got we've got multiple drivers who all have Silverstone as their home race. Yeah, we've got lots of those. Let's see if uh, anyone else actually manages to mm. win that. I'm so bored. Of what? F1. Oh. I'm so ready for like... I feel like all I've done this season is wait. Yeah. Wait and wait. And we're There's waiting not for been... something too exciting to happen. And we're like, every week we're like building ourselves It's going to be up. the one. It's not. <laughs> we're like pumping the energy and then it kind of doesn't fully deliver like it does deliver but it doesn't deliver because it delivers exactly what you expect and it's a max win and or maybe maybe Perez yeah M- probably Alonso in third but maybe a Ferrari if you're lucky and that's about it and it's just boring it is um don't get me wrong I love it it is my favorite thing but yeah all we've done this year so far is wait I can't tell you anything that's happened in any race this year that was fun. Well, maybe Monaco will be <coughs> the one. I'm really looking forward to Barcelona. <laughs> and I'm sure Barcelona will be great. Hopefully. Barcelona will be great. It's always good. 
you, we say that about lots of them. Yeah. And then we finish and we're like, oh, I fell asleep twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not gone well. <laughs> Qualifying is fantastic because it's based on how fast can you do it and not based on overtake the driver in front when there is no room to overtake the driver in front. Yeah. I really wish that... There used to be... A, I don't know if I'm wrong, so tell me if I am. Didn't there used to be a bit where it kind of went more... The bit along the waterfront yeah. was slightly wider. It went out a bit further. And it was closer to the waterfront. Closer to the waterfront. Yeah. And it was slightly wider. Yeah. And people could actually overtake. And then... The cars have also gotten a lot wider. I know, but... I don't actually know if the track's gotten thinner there or if the cars have just gotten wider. I maybe. genuinely don't know. Because obviously the tunnel is the same size. Where did the Gasly... In 2021... Okay. I think... Vettel took Gasly on track, an actual on track overtake. Okay. But I can't think where it was. I think it was the hairpin. Right. That really tight hairpin yeah. corner that is like the the Monaco photo. Yeah. <laughs> um and it didn't get shown because Monaco televise it themselves. Right. So Monaco is the only track where F1 aren't in charge of what is shown on the telly. But they are this year? But they are this year. Yes. So if there is any overtaking... Hopefully we'll actually see it. Yeah, we might actually get to see it this year. And that'll be really great. Um, but I'm really, really, really looking forward to quality. Yeah. And I genuinely think like, I might not... <laughs> Obviously I'll put the race on, but I'm not going to rearrange my day to watch Quali Monaco. in... A wet situation as well. It's going to be mental. Not like pouring, pouring, but... Not thunder and lightning. If it's a bit damp, that would be great. But a bit damp. Like, <laughs> wet's maybe going on to inters by the end. Yeah. That would potentially be cool. But they won't They won't drive it like that. Do you not remember? We did, like, mm. five laps under the safety car because it was pissing down with rain. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Not pissing down. Like... But by the time Monaco is safe enough to drive, you're on inters. You're not on wets anymore. Well, that's fine. The only place you would be on wets is in the bridge because under the bridge doesn't dry. <laughs> Maybe Inter is going into slicks then. That would make it interesting. That would make it interesting. Because the Inters would clear the track. Yeah. Oh, that could be fun. It could be. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it could make it more Because the track is going to get drier and drier and drier. So everyone is going to get faster and faster and faster. Mm. Who's going to be the one brave enough to put on softs? Yeah. And there's people still on Inters. Yeah. Oh, that could be fun. Oh, let's hope that happens. So spoilers to those of you listening. Um, we have nothing to talk about. And because of that, I'm now going to go um, have a little chat about some F1 books that I've read. Okay. So I've only read the two. <laughs> I've, uh, by read, I mean I've audibled. Uh, the Gunther Steiner book and the Adrian Newey book. Um, very, very, very different perspectives on F1, obviously. Um, Gunther Steiner is mental. And his story is pretty cool. Um, the book that he brought out 
earlier this year is basically a diary of what happened last year on track. Okay. Um, so he talks about the decision to off Mick. He talks about getting K-Mag back. He talks about uh, losing the... I can't remember what they're called. Is it Ukrali? Yeah. Sponsorship, which was Mazepin's dad. They talk, he talks about that. He talks about uh, his friendship with Mattia, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, you see a bit of that in... Uh, Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive, He talks yeah. about the fact that he hates Drive to, Drive to Survive and has never watched it and never will. Um, Yet he's one of the... Stars. Stars of it <laughs> that everybody loves seeing. Yeah. He says that he doesn't understand these people walking around with his face on a t-shirt. He has no memory of saying he does not fox to mash my door. Um, he has no mem- no memory of saying we look like a bunch of wankers. <laughs> but he keeps saying it in the book. So either it's just a thing he genuinely says all the time or he's just played up to it because it's fun. Um, he talks about his daughter a lot. They're called... His, his wife... His partner's called Gertie and his daughter's called Greta. So it's Gertie, Aww. Greta and Gunther. That's sweet. <laughs> Isn't it so cute? Um, he talks about how his daughter doesn't understand why people want to take photos with him because he's ugly. Um, <laughs> he talks about his relationship with Nikki. He talks about um, how ridiculous the spats going on between Toto and Christian are. Yep. Um, and how he's like, I don't care what happens between those two because it's not happening to me. I'm just going to sit back and laugh. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> um, and then listening to Adrian Newey's book, which I listened to probably three or four months ago. Okay. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I bloody loved it. It was really technical. It was a more of an autobiography as opposed to like this diary of a year mm-hmm. where he basically told you all of the things that's happened surrounding his career um and some of the massive decisions that he made like the double diffuser and all of those things that have obviously changed the cars forever mm-hmm. um and so many times <laughs> Gunther in his book mentions how much he admires Adrian Newey yep. which for me was just like this little nugget of like oh I know about him too yeah. <laughs> um, Adrian Newey is like one of my favourite people on the grid for those yep. of you who don't know he's an aerodynamicist uh, was an aerodynamicist came with uh, a aeronautics and aerodynamics degree when everybody else in the sport was a mechanical engineer and basically changed the sport by coming in with this complete fresh perspective on things. Um, he designed the car that Ed and Senna died in. Mm-hmm. He uh, designed the car that I think me Michael Schumacher won in 97 in? Mm-hmm. No. Damon Hill won in 97. I can't remember. One of them won. Um, and is obviously designing all of the Red Bulls at the moment. Yeah. He also, apart from the Red Bull wage, reveals his wages throughout the years, which have always been fucking nuts. Obviously, nowhere near the do- the drivers, mm-hmm. but like still hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. And it's just it's it's one of those books that really like brings 
up how drastic the differences are between the drivers and the teams Mm -hmm. and how much impact the teams really do have yeah and that sounds stupid but we don't get to really see the differences between the cars no well you do uh, because they now do all these launches and unveilings where they kind of sort of explain parts of it and and then get these really good bits in in the build-ups and yeah like cool downs after the after the races where like sky will do this bit of this car compared to this bit on this car yeah but when you hear interviews with drivers who have gone from one car to another car on a completely different team they say that it is a completely different car yeah and it is just 10 teams of engineers looking at some rules and going okay what should we make let's make something that fits that yeah and it's how like mercedes had that car last year during the regulation came change that just looked completely different to everything else on the grid mm-hmm. no it didn't work but it was all legal yeah <laughs> and completely different because that's how they had interpreted the rules yeah it's so cool mm. you have to almost think of it in like something that's a bit more kind of normal level as though like think about when you're in school and the teacher says in groups you've all got to create a bridge out of straws or yeah and everyone will create something some might work some might not but they're all different but they're all different and it's like and they fit the bill yeah except from they're 100 million times more technical yeah and million pounds worth of things. Yes, <laughs> awful lot of money. <laughs> um, but it's it's and Adrian Newey is incredibly intelligent, and he he is, finds so many loopholes. And he talks about the fact that when he's looking at regulations, he's looking at loopholes immediately. Uh, yeah, it just. He just he sees things in a different way, though. He does, and. A way of like evidence for that, he has three assistants that draw his drawings on CAD, right? Because he still uses a pen and paper, ah, and it takes three people to keep up and put it on CAD. Wow! Because he didn't want to waste time learning the new skill of using CAD, yeah, or waste the amount of time it would take putting it on. So he just got help. There you go. And it takes three people to keep up with his drawings. That's crazy. How cool is that? Your mind just can't kind of comprehend. He actively made the choice to not move to computer because it would take too long and he didn't want to waste the time learning the skill. He would rather carry on doing what he's doing because it works. I mean, it does work. But that Red Bull has been designed on pen and paper. Yeah. Yeah. This car that is mental quick that no one understands how it works was designed with pencil and paper. That's so cool. I tell you what as well. It means that the initial drawings are an awful lot harder to try and hack. True. (laughs) (laughs) While he's still in his, you know, planning and changing things around phase. Yeah. Nobody can. No one can do that. Nobody can hack that because it's in his notebook. It's on a bit of paper. Yeah. It's on a napkin, love. Probably. <laughs> How cool is that? I think that's really fucking Imagine neat. if he's just at a race one day and he's like, I have an idea. Grabs like 
a receipt or something yeah. from his pocket. Oh, look, it's the RB24. Could you imagine that? RB14? That'd Whatever be amazing. Isn't it? That would be so cool. It's really cool. You go, Adrian Newey. I know. And genuinely reading his book, I was like, you're so fucking weird. And it's so fucking cool. <laughs> like, he's just this little nerd kid that fucking loves racing cars. Literally, he made the decision he wanted to get into racing at eight. And by 12, decided he wanted to go into aerodynamics. Wow. How cool is that? That's some passion as Isn't well. It? And it was a little shit at school, apparently. I, I don't think I had any clue what I wanted to do with my life at I still don't. Eight, like, no. I know like people say that and it's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. I have no fucking clue what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Like, uh, there, there's nothing that makes me go like, oh, that's what I want to do. Other than I think I could do Ted Kravitz's job better than him. But. <laughs> could you do it as smoothly? Yeah. Are you sure? I can take cheese to a race track and get told off by Vettel. Okay. Do you not remember that? No. Gosh, what race was that? I think that was Baku. It was a Middle Eastern race. Okay. And to show us at home what... What was the word? I can't remember what it is. Mm -hmm. But it's basically the the car lies flat. Mm -hmm. This is 2019, 2020, 2021. Okay. Rake. To show the rake of the car. Right. So basically, the Mercedes went nose down. Right. The Red Bull went rear down. Okay. So he was basically showing how that has an effect on the bottom of the car by showing us with cheese. He then went to Vettel and said, look what I've been using to show them how rake works. And he got a bollocking from Vettel for wasting cheese. (laughs) And being so wasteful. And he was like, I'm really sorry. Put it in his little carrier bag and waddled off. It was just like, oh, Ted, I could do that. He tried so hard. Yeah. I tried to make it accessible with a slice of Gouda. (laughs) I love Gouda. Same. Cheese is good. I had four cheese tortellini. Oh, yeah. And then put cheddar on it. Of course you did. And salt. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my tea and it was really lovely. Sounds delightful. <laughs> Gonna have a cheese coma. Yep. No, I didn't remember um, that situation no. with Vettel. But Vettel, again, is one of those people that he's been quite controversial throughout his time oh he was a wanker he was to begin with he was a proper dick and then he kind of turned into he got the baby and then suddenly he nice guy and he turned into this angelic feature that everybody he's a little angel adores he's a little angel boy he's the guy that goes into the stands after the race and, and helps picks up the litter. little legend you i'm know. never gonna get over watching him swap the first and second uh, where they parked the cars, parked oh, the Fermi, yeah, yeah. where he swapped it with Lewis Hamilton when Lewis was a knob. Um, I'm never going to get over that. That was some of the most perfect passive aggression I've ever seen. Yeah. Because he didn't hurt anyone. He didn't yell. He just went, nope, and then went back up the stairs. Mm. And it was like, oh. <laughs> and when he got um, his podium taken off him, do you remember that? No. He... Was that last year? Or was that 2021? That might have been 2021 He had well. a Baku podium. He he was in third and it got taken off him. Why? 
officially, they said he didn't have enough fuel in his car. Officially, they said he didn't have enough fuel in his car. Oh, he didn't make it around the track, did he? He did, because he finished in third. Yeah, but he didn't make the in-lap. He didn't finish the in-lap. I thought this was the one he did, and then they found afterwards, they said it. Oh, there wasn't and enough fuel was for a sample. Also, because it was the weekend that he had been advocating, I think it was the LGBT, because he was wearing... Oh, it was 2021. It was hungry. Because they said that he it was not possible to take a full sample from his car. Didn't he pull over, though? No, he finished. I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure he finished the race and then didn't do the in-lap. I'm sure he pulled over and did a Nigel Mansell and just hopped on someone else's car. <laughs> it was the race where he was wearing the um, helmet with the rainbow on. Yeah. And everybody was very sceptical. Mm. Obviously, you know, if they the official rule is he... If the official kind of um, outcome was he didn't have enough fuel, that's the official outcome. But I think some people were felt that it was too suspicious. It was a bit suspicious, um, controversial. Mm. But he's done a few things, hasn't he, that pushed the boundaries. And there was that whole thing about... Um, was that weird thing about boxers? Branded underwear at one point for drivers or something and Vettel turns up wearing his underwear outside his race suit. Wasn't that to do with the fire retardants though? They wanted them to wear fire retardant underwear. Oh, was that it? Yeah. Not branded or something. Yeah. yeah. Was, I knew something we don't to do want you to wear your own underwear. We want you wearing fire fire retardant underwear. So he wore his, his underwear. On, on top. Yeah. yeah. I think that might be what it was. I can't exactly remember the sex. I just remember that he's done a number of things that you've kind of gone, ah. But I think I think the reason he did it was like, we're wearing fire retardant suits. If it gets to a point where the underwear is going to catch fire, it's going to have caught fire anyway. I mean, it's a fair point. Yeah. If it's getting that close. Yeah. You're pretty fucked or any. Those shorts ain't going to do much. No. Apart from maybe save your little pubes, but... I mean, if it's that bad. Oh, maybe Gasly would need it, though. Because, like, if he's got, like, a Prince Albert going on, and then suddenly there's fire, quarterized summit, wouldn't it? He said... Um, did you see because of... I saw the, the tripod. Yeah. And then um, you sent me another one and I had no idea what was being said. So it's because... Was it a cat or dog? And he said doggy. Yeah. So because Imola got cancelled, Alpine um, with Esteban Ocon, Pierre Gasly and Jack... I don't know, someone. Do... Oh, Jack Doohan? Yes. Was that Jack Doohan? Yeah. I didn't even know that was him. <laughs> um, did this, this is the thing with the F2 drivers. I just see their names. I don't... You don't put a face to it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was him. So they did like a Q&A thing um, because Imola Q. wasn't happening. Yeah. And they were saying like Do you prefer cats or dogs? Stuff. Do you prefer cats or dogs? And Pierre went, not dogs. Doggy. Doggy. And then laughed. And then laughed. And they were like, ha, ha, ha. we can't take you anywhere type of thing. Oh, Pierre, you dirty yeah. boy. Anyway. I've been Holly. <laughs> I've been Laura. I don't know how much of this is usable. Yeah, sorry if this is a really short episode, but there's been no race for the last three weeks and there's not one this weekend. So, and the next one's going to be probably boring. So at least next time we'll have something to talk about, but 
We will do our best. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.